Welcome to the Strictly Business Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Grodson, and we are coming to you from Elk Grove Village, Illinois, home to the nation's largest industrial park. The Strictly Business Podcast brings you news and information about the village's diverse business community, highlighting the people and companies that create, invest, and live in Elk Grove Village. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Elk Grove Village Strictly Business Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Grodson, along with my colleague, Nick Radcliffe. Elk Grove Village has partnered with USA Track and Field to promote the American dream and support USA athletes competing in Tokyo in 2021. This groundbreaking and unique partnership is the village's way to inspire aspiring entrepreneurs, business operators, and students to pursue their dreams. In celebration of this partnership, we are speaking with Olympian and entrepreneur, Mike Conley Sr. Hi, Mike, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Josh. I will, let me give a brief introduction to Mike. Uh, born in Chicago, Mike Conley Sr. is an Olympian who in the triple jump won the Olympic gold in 1992 in Barcelona, Olympic silver in 1984 in Los Angeles, and gold in the 1993 World Championships. Mr. Conley competed collegially at University of Arkansas, where he won nine NCAA long jump and triple jump titles. He still holds the U.S. indoor record in the triple jump at 17.76 meters, which is 58 feet and 3.25 inches. Mr. Conley received the USA Track and Field Jim Thorpe Award in 1986 and 1982, or I'm sorry, 1992, as the top field events athlete in the U.S. He was also inducted in 2004 into the National Track and Field Hall of Fame, and his son, Michael Conley Jr., plays professional basketball for the Utah Jazz of the NBA. Currently, Mr. Conley is the CEO of MMG Sports Management Group, as well as CEO of H2WO, a hydrogen-infused water company, and he is a registered NBA agent. Very impressive, Mike. Thanks so much for being with us. Let's talk a little bit about your athletic career before we get into uh, the finer details of your business career. You know, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but one of the things that's always fascinated me about elite athletes as yourself is as you're developing and maturing as an athlete, rising up through the ranks, how do you keep focus? How do you, what's your mindset and how do you keep that dedication year after year after year in in uh, search for Olympic gold? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, my, uh, I competed professionally, well, I competed at a high level for like 17 years. Um, and one of the things that kept me going was um, I, I easily forgot about the, the, the setbacks, but also the successes too. Right, I could have easily um, um, got out of my college, uh, ended my college career on on a high, and saying that, hey, you know, I've won all these NCAA championships. I'm the guy. This and that. I can just go out and continue to work at the same level, and I should be successful. But you learn real quickly um, that that's not the case. That you have to work harder. You have to do more. And so for me, it was forgetting about the past, and um, and and training for the future, and um, and planning for that. And so, um, it, you know, in, in our, in our, when you think about it, I train 365 days a year, every year to do something that takes about six seconds. 
right? Um, and 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 it only really counts every four years. Um, and so there has to be a lot of self-motivation there. Um, and, and having that long-term goal of winning, of winning an Olympic gold medal someday um, is enough for most of our, our athletes to, to keep them going and motivated and driven um, during, you know, those rainy days or, or snow days in Chicago or Elk Grove. Um, uh, <laughs> keeps you it keeps you motivated during that time you know for that 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 carrot you know four years from now um and um and so yeah that, that's been it for me that is, that's a great point as you said you're training all year for something that's going to take four or five seconds on a world stage in front of millions and millions of people are you aware of all the people watching you and if you are do you get nervous at all Man, I tell you, if it was two people watching me, I would get nervous. I'm nervous <laughs> now on this on this podcast. So, yeah. That, but, you know, I, I think if you don't get nervous, you're not really tapping into your full potential. Right. It's not a matter of getting nervous or not. It's a matter of how you handle it. Right. Um, I think the the nerves for me, it it if uh, how do I say this? It um, uh, it makes it genuine, meaning that with um, you yeah, excuse my dogs barking also. Train dogs. It's my hobby. I've done for a long time, but, um, but um, it's um, yeah. That that that's what makes it special, right? If if something is that special to you and that important to you, and you're not nervous, then I question: Is it that really important, right? And um, so, it nerves is the part of it. Yeah. Before we started, you told us a great story about um, you know you were in the Olympics in '92 and '84 and you're on top of your game, but you also missed an Olympics. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, so I'll tell you the story. So in 1984, I was still in college and I was a, I was a really good college athlete and one of the best in the country. And, and um, the, the Eastern Bloc countries boycotted the Olympic games that year, um, which actually propelled me to be actually the, 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 the pick to win the gold medal in 84. Um, when it came around in a qualifying round, I broke the Olympic record. Then and 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 um, but I, I didn't need to, right? You take one jump, you make it to the finals, you jump the next day, and you you go for the gold. Well, I was feeling really really good, and I told my coach, I said, "Hey, coach, I want to take another jump." He said, "No, Mike. Why?" He says, "You qualify for Tabor." I said, "No, but I can jump far." He said, "But it doesn't count. Let's wait till tomorrow." And first thing I said is, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm 18 or however old I was in. I know what I know what's going on. I'm taking this jump. I jumped. I the Olympic record at the time. Twisted my right. And so here it is, the day before the finals of the Olympic Games. I've got a bum ankle. I go out the next day, and and I'm just struggling. Boom, boom, just just struggling to make it. And on my last, and I, I end up winning the silver. By the way, my best man at my wedding won the gold. Um, to make matters worse for me. <laughs> um, but um, so I missed my gold medal because worrying about this bum ankle, which actually shouldn't have ever happened in the first place, right? So fast forward to four years, 1988, I'm on top of my game, ranked number one in the world, right? I'm raring to go. Nike came out with these really cool shorts, right, that they were prototyping and they were made real light and just real you know, fly everywhere. I said, I'm going to wear these. My wife told me, why are you going to wear those shorts, Michael? She says, you've never competed in them before. Why are you going to wear them now? The, you know, the, the Olympic trials. 
you don't know what you're talking about. I'm wearing these shorts. I go out, and in the qualifying round, the, the marks just weren't just how I wanted them to be. They just wasn't as far as I thought I was jumping. Sure enough, though, when I hit the sand, those shorts would fly back and make a mark back in the sand, right? Wow. So they were measuring from that mark where those shorts that my wife told me not to wear, that's what they measured. I missed the Olympic team by a centimeter. So here it is. I still haven't won a gold medal. So I've got to train 365 days a year, or four more years. So now it's eight years for 92. Yeah. When 92 hit, I was listening to everyone, right? <laughs> the cab driver, if he said something to me, I was I was like, what was that? <laughs> you know? And um, and I and I, you know, won my gold medal in my Olympic dream. But yeah, so <laughs> that is a great story. Those those Nike shorts will get you every time. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. But when you were growing up, when you were younger and you were developing, when did when did it occur to you, like, hey, I'm a good athlete, but when does it occur to you, hey, I could win a gold medal in the Olympics if I just do X, Y, and Z? Or were, were you just always on that tra trajectory? There must be a time where, like, wait a minute, not only am I good at this, I could be an Olympian at this. Does that, does that, does that flip happen at some point? Yeah, I'll tell you exactly where it happened at. And it didn't happen in high school. So you can imagine this, right? I lived on the south side of Chicago um, and I played basketball. So you can imagine what I wanted to do for a living. And that was playing the NBA. But yeah. I, and, and obviously I wasn't my calling, but I went to college to play basketball and run track. Eddie Sutton, when I was a freshman, Eddie Sutton called me into the office and said, hey, Mike, these coaches tell me you have a chance to be really special at something. He says, you probably won't play for me for another two, two, three years, if ever. I think he was being nice when he said two years, but uh, <laughs> I don't play freshman. You, you won't play for me for at least two years. You need to focus on your Olympic dream. And I listened to him and I said, OK. And so then I, I um, quit the basketball team, focused on track and the rest is history. But what was really cool about that, that was in about in 82. Um, in 92, when I won my gold medal, Eddie Sutton was in Kentucky or somewhere else at the time. I get a, I get a little card in the mail and it says, aren't we glad we made the right decision? And I just awesome. thought that was cool that he actually remembered that, that you know, conversation. And he's one of the reasons I was on that path. Yeah, that is, that's, that's a really sweet story that he remembered. Yeah, that he remembered. Card because he he didn't have to give you that advice. He, I mean, no. he really... You know, by being honest with you and and telling you what you maybe you didn't want to hear that you weren't going to be, you know, a, a professional basketball player or on the college team. But, hey, you have skills that transfer into this other area where you could be a world champion. And you listen to him. That yeah. is really very generous of him as a coach to give you that advice where maybe he could have been like, I'm just going to cut this guy and whatever happens, happens. Or, or he could have been. Hey, this guy maybe could help me in four years. I'm going to keep him yeah. on the shelf for four years and exactly. keep him in my pocket, forget his goals and his dreams. Yeah. I may could use him one day. And yeah. um, he's a, he's a terrific, he was a terrific individual. Well, that, that's, that's an interesting point because as you transition from, from your uh, stellar career in sports to the business world, um, you still probably, I'm guessing, and maybe I'm wrong, but you probably still had coaches and mentors now, in the business world, that helped you develop another uh, skill set. Can you talk a little bit about that transition? And were there any people that mentored you or coached you on 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 business? 
or is that something that came naturally to you as well? It, it, it came a little naturally. I mean, I, I was always that guy that um, even when I was competing, I, I, had, I owned a couple of businesses, owned a lot of real estate and did, you know, I was, I was really in that world, but I had, a, I had a lot of people to listen to. And, but unfortunately you think about this, right? I just told you the story about not listening to people. So when it came to the business world, I, that it, it, it carried over, right? So now when someone's giving me advice, I listen, <laughs> right? And I've, I've had that experience of, um, of, um, of, of not doing that. And I've had people, um, 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 I, I, I'm in Arkansas. And so, you know, Tyson Foods is big down there. And um, I've always went to John Tyson and asked him for his advice on things. And, and he's given it to me. My coach, John McDonald, who by the way, just passed away last week, he was one that um, 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 gave me a lot of advice in that. Um, I was actually was um, uh, I coached the university for a while, but um, um, he really, you know, he said, Mike, you know, you got this talent for real estate and stuff. You need to, you know, dive into that. So he, he was the re reason why I really got involved in that. Um, so, but the 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 big thing is is listening with people with experience, right? And that's what um, you know, um, that's what that's what experience is, and that's one thing I learned the hard way is that don't uh, learn from other people's mistakes and successes. And, um, and I've tried to carry that over to business. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, even in, in track, which a lot of people see as a individual sport, you're part of a team, you have coaches in business, you're part of a team, you have coaches in Elk Grove village. We, we call those coaches and mentors thinking partners. You need a thinking partner. Uh, that's that was uh, what I learned from our coach uh, John Dallas here at uh, Enclave for Entrepreneurs, our business development center here in Grove Village. That it's important to think things through with other people. You you can't build a business by yourself. I mean, I would imagine those thinking partners have really helped you um, over the years. Sure, no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They're very very important, and um, and it's very important to have people around you that are better than you at, at, at a lot of things. Um, and, and, and as an athlete, um, sometimes, especially as an individual sport, that, that's not as easy as it, as it sounds, right? Um, you're used to, um, um, you know, thinking that you're the one that's, that's doing everything and accomplishing everything. And, and, but the more successful you get, the real, you realize that, um, you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for the people around you and the people that you listen to. And I, I think back of all the life decisions you I've, I've made, even where I went to college, you know, um, it's just simple decisions at the time, but they're, they're course changing. Right. Um, and it's, and it's that, and, and it's even magnified for me in the business world because I didn't spend my whole life, you know, um, um, thinking about running a business, right? And so, therefore, um, every day is a new challenge. Um, and and it's it's you're you're smart when you get people around you, it, you know, that you deal with your own ego and get people around you that are smarter than you in every aspect of what you do. Mm -hmm. And I try to do. Yeah, and that's a good transition to our next question. So, what do you look for when you're putting together a team? Uh, and how does that bring value to your like business? And what exactly do you look for when you're mentoring and coaching your team? Yeah, I, I like I said, I mainly look for the task at hand, um, those that have a passion for that task at hand. One of the things that is um, that I've, I've run across is um, uh, you want, and it's a, it's a balance, right? You want very ambitious people around you, 
um, to do things, but you also want that ambition focused on the task at hand um, and not just on where they're going to be at in five years from now. Um, and you learn that in sports, right? Um, when when the, the Olympic gold medal is a dream and it helps my motivation, but I learned real, I learned quickly that it's what I do in the next 10 minutes is what matters, right? And, and those, those decisions I make now is what matters, not looking uh, ahead. And sometimes being, um, um, so I look for people that are talented in what they do, but more importantly, they have a passion for the 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 day-to-day -day grind because as an athlete that's what it is it's a day-to-day -day grind with a goal at the end you can't you can't just think about the goal at the end um and not worry about you know what's right in front of you yeah that's that's true it is it's a long-term grind to get to get to the finish line which in business maybe you don't always even know what the finish line looks like exactly <laughs> yeah and in picking and 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 sometimes you don't have a choice but in picking um um people to partner with right um uh it's you you need to be aligned um you know you i've been in i've been in businesses where where you know one person's goal is to um to to grow it and sell it right whereas the the next person's dream who may be um a majority owner his dream is that this is my lifelong dream and ambition. I want to see this through until I die. Right. <laughs> and at some point, that's going to come to a head, and you're going to have some issues. So, um, finding the finding the right team with the same amount of moral um, um, values, um, both uh, in business and, and outside of it, that that are aligned with you, I think is important. Also. Yeah, and I think you mentioned earlier on when you're talking about. Um, your sports career, how you you twisted your ankle, you you lost out that time. I mean, in sports at at the level you you were at, you there's there's failure. I mean, I mean, failure is part of sports. I mean, the best the best hitters in baseball only hit the ball, you know, less than a third of the time. You know, right. so so when you when you're in business, uh, do you expect everything to go perfectly, or are you ready for those mistakes? And you're ready to learn from those mistakes because you've already kind of trained yourself to learn from your mistakes. Uh, I won't say mistakes in sports, but sure. yeah. you know, maybe that day you weren't feeling well, or you, your your knee was tweaking. You're not going to be on top of your game every single jump. But in in business, I'm sure you must have learned a lot of lessons on how to be overcome mistakes and and problems and issues and just keep moving on. Yeah, the the you know something. I mean, you you get to the point that, and I think it was Roosevelt that had had a quote. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically, um, you know, plans are invaluable, right? But once the once the bullets start flying uh, overhead, um, um, you got to be ready to to pivot, right? And and I'm I'm I found that out in in competing. You know, you're 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 ready to go. You show up at the competition, and all of a sudden. The, it's 120 degrees out, um, and you got on all black, <laughs> um, or it's or 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 the uh, or the the wind picked up and it's a hurricane, or or um, and there's all kinds of of, of uh, actually I gave a, a, a talk to the Winter Olympic the Winter Olympians uh, going into Salt Lake City, and one thing that I 
told them, I got to really thinking about what's the difference between those that are successful and those that are not at that level. Because it, it, it dawned on me that everyone is in shape. Everyone is, is ready to go, but only some perform, and, for, and forget who wins and loses, but who actually performs up to their potential and who doesn't and why. Yeah. And in my experience, that is managing distractions, right? Mm. It's managing those things that go wrong because there are there are going to be distractions. There are going to be things that goes wrong. And the same thing happened in business. So I look at it as not if something's going to go wrong, but I, I, I know something's going to go wrong. I just don't know what it is. Right. But, um, but when it happens, I don't get freaked out as just like, OK, it's another day. Right. Yeah. And uh, and um, and how are we going to do how are we going to deal with this um, um, challenge of the day? So. So, yeah. So for me, that's just a part of that's just a part of it. Right. I mean, you every athlete can't compete 100 uh, percent healthy. You're going to have to be able to compete with soreness, with injuries, with, you know, you may have death in the family. You may have all kinds of things that can 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 get you off your game. And for me, that's part of it. That, that's what I find so interesting about the Olympics and, and elite athletes, that timing, the timing of it, it, in one sense, it's just another competition. It's another track meet. But if you're not, if you're not timing yourself properly to perform at your peak at that time it rolls around you might not succeed but that doesn't mean you're not good at what you do maybe a month later you win a gold at another uh sure. another competition it's just all about timing and being ready for that opportunity and it it might not the stars might not align but you know that you did your best and you were ready and you find comfort in that i would imagine yeah no i mean that's that's a part of it and and, and you had mentioned something earlier is um, sometimes you don't know if you're, if you're, if you're there yet. Right. Um, um, you, you, you know, am I peaking? Am I peaking too soon? Am I peaking? You know, am I just right? And, but I just got to the point that I just sat there and looked the other guy in the eye and just like, it doesn't matter if I'm ready, if I'm not ready, I give you an example. Um, and, and, and luckily this happened early in my career that, that, that you, you mentioned that I still own the American indoor record. Right. At the time I did that record, it was in Madison Square Garden and actually it was a war record at the time. And what happened was leading up to that competition, I had my best jump was like 55 feet um, going into that competition. Our federation decided that they were going to allow the Russians to come and compete in America um, um, at the world. I mean, they were compete at the world championships were in America that year, but they let them compete at our nationals so they can have a tune up. Well, I was livid at the time. I mean, you know, we got Russians at my national championships. I was angry. And another reason personally was the Russian at my event just happened to be the best in the world. Right. <laughs> and so and so here it is. I'm you know, I'm the best American and I'm, I'm beating all the Americans, but he's making me look really bad. Well, he jumps and he and he jumps like 57 feet. I'm still jumping 55, 55. I got one jump left. He walks out there. He lights a cigarette and leaves the <laughs> arena. And at the time, I was I was furious. I was like, "Oh, he's probably cheating or something," and he's he's leaving and 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 disrespecting. Not even looking at me. Last jump, my last jump, I jumped fifty eight three. Literally went out of the pit. My knees hit the concrete in Madison Square Garden. And but what it taught me right then was I didn't know I was ready to, to jump that far. Right? Yeah. Did, did it matter if I was 
peaking or not peaking? No. And so from that moment forward, regardless of how I felt, if I thought I was ready, didn't think I was ready, forget all that. It's it's mm -hmm. I'm going to do my best that day. And no matter how I feel, I always felt I could win. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great story. So we do have a few minutes left, so I want to just touch base. Can you give us an inside scoop on some USA track and field prospects to watch out for, some of the key events for the USA team? Can you share any uh, details on that? The U.S. team is going to be fantastic. I don't want to go into individual names because the chairman of the board of USA track and field, if I mention name X, name A. <laughs> will be killing me on social media oh yeah <laughs> and so Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I do have favorites right um but i do know that this is going to be one of our best teams of all times we have the the talent that we have and the talent that we have coming up through through the college ranks and and that that are that are competing right now it's just it just blows me away at the um um uh, the the level of talent that we have in this country right now we have events that we're so good at right now that back when i competed we, we we didn't even have anybody in those events because they couldn't even make the Olympic qualifying mark. Yeah. And so the United States have come, um, I mean, we've come full circle in, um, and, and putting together a team that can compete in every event. And it's going to be exciting. And that's why we're the world's number one team. And we're going to win more medals than, than any other country. And, and track and field is going to, the USA track and field is going to win more than any other sport. That, that was a great diplomatic answer for sure. <laughs> but hey, we do we do have some of the top athletes in the world, that's for sure. So I'm I'm really excited to see it. Hey, I want to open it up some to some questions. I'm sure people don't want to hear Nick and I uh, ramble on. So let's uh, if you have any questions, you can put it in the chat box. We do have one question so far. Um, being a world level athlete means that you have to be competitive by nature. How did that translate to your business life, both? both positively and negatively? That's a very good question. I think it was funny when I first got involved as an agent, I would talk about the agent business um, because it's, it, you know, um, uh, it's, it's, a, it was a lot, it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of, um, uh, it's a grind and uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of this, but it was interesting. I looked. I looked at it, and and in the middle of doing, in the middle of working, I looked at it, and it was like, yeah, this is tough. This is hard, but guess what? I'm not throwing up. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I'm not out there in shorts in the snow running. I'm not, you know, all the physical things and the mental things I had to go through as an athlete. For me, the business side of it was a piece of cake. I was like, hey, no one's gonna outwork me, and yeah. I always that 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 um that that confidence that I'm gonna outwork everyone um translated to business. But to flip side of his question, one thing that you have, not that I was that type of person, but as an individual athlete, you you have to have a level of confidence and the ego and everything else. Um, and so you have to be able to pivot and 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 say you're and say you're wrong when you're wrong or say that was a bad idea and 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 not just say that I'm just going to tough it out and make it work regardless of what, because that's what I did as an athlete. Um, you've got, and that's tough. That's tough sometimes, you know, yeah. you know, to be able to do that. Getting a call now from um, Jürgen Warner was, was the German long jump champion in 80. 
and we've been best friends ever since. That's interesting. I, I always wondered if if the athletes from different countries became friendly with each other, and uh, here it is, uh, a German athlete calling you right now just, yes. just to say he, hi or chat about something. That's, that's he, great. He been with me for one month every year. He comes and, there we go. He comes and stays with me for one month every year, and we've been been close friends ever since. That's great. That just shows the the the, the camaraderie among athletes at, at a world level. That's that's interesting. I always wondered if people became friendly with each other. Um, if anybody else has any questions, you can put them in the chat box. Um, I don't see any any other any other questions other than that one. But um, you know, it, it's a real honor to talk to you. Um, you know, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, we're recording this for later distribution, uh, part of our regular. Uh, podcast series that Nick and I do here at the village. And, um, you know, it's a really, it's, it's a great partnership with the village and USA track and field Elk Grove village and the mayor and the board of trustees are very innovative and they wanted to support and promote uh, the American dream, uh, whether you're an athlete looking to win gold, or if you're running a business in Elk Grove village and you want to be successful, Elk Grove village prides itself on being the most business business friendly, community in America. So we wanted to, you know, show people that you can be successful here and whatever you choose to do. And uh, it's been a real, real honor to speak with you. Nick and I don't really get a chance to speak to elite, you know, athletes as yourself. Um, and uh, thank you very much. I don't have no. any other questions unless Nick thank, has a follow-up. Thank, thank you. Oh, I got one for you guys. Cubs socks. <laughs> That, that's that's interesting, Mike. We are, I, I think I could speak for Josh. We're huge Cubs fans, but it's funny you say that. So Josh was mentioning that we're really unique with our marketing at the village. Uh, back in like 2013, 14, we were doing Cubs promotions. We had a sponsorship deal with them. And then we did uh, a college football bowl game, the Bahamas Bowl. We sponsored that for two years. And now we're doing the uh, sponsorship of the Olympics. We're also doing a sponsorship with the Chicago White Sox. Oh, cool. And our mayor is a huge Cubs fan. So yeah, yeah, it's was interesting. A, that's why I had to ask. Mike, uh, <laughs> Mike, Nick and I in the village, we're fans of all Chicago sports teams right. and, and the Utah Jazz. There you go. Go Jazz. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. It was a real pleasure speaking with you. And, and uh, good luck on your future endeavors. All right. Thank you, guys. If you want to learn more about Elk Grove Village's business opportunities, please visit our websites, makerswanted.org and egvbizhub.com. If you have comments or feedback about the show, please send it to us at strictlybizpodcast at gmail.com.